they know, like as, right. as the kids, they know. They're smart enough to know that, but yet adults are sitting here cussing each other out because you don't love your stepkid like your bio kid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to Nacho Kids Podcast, episode 143. That's right. <laughs> That's going to be our new thing. Yeah, my new thing. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So, David, what's going on, man? Well, I've been busy, really busy. So, uh, if anybody knows about the Rotary Foundation, it is an international foundation that does a lot of good in the world. But um, I have been nominated to be the president of our local chapter coming up in 2020. 2023 and 2024. That's how far out they planned this stuff. Wasn't it started to do something with polio? Mm, uh, maybe that was it. I, I know they have a polio um, push like that. Their thing is to eradicate polio and they're yeah. down to just, I mean, it's just almost there. Two countries or something like that. I mean, it's, it's even smaller now. I think, I mean, it's really, really small. Like it's almost done. That's good. I only know that because Dr. Cooper told me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and, and there's probably some that are listening that, that may be involved in Rotary. And it's a, it's a great civic organization that, um, that you can be a part of. And um, Do you want to hear so, the definition? Yeah. Rotary International is an international service organization which brings together business, professional, and community leaders in order to provide service to others, promote integrity, and advance goodwill, peace, and understanding in the world. It is a non-political and non-religious organization and founded in 1905. Yeah, has a very rich history. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I'm doing a lot of training involving that, getting ready for that. Uh, tomorrow, I've got to go somewhere for a full day's training. Then next month, I've got like a three-day three, do- three day training i got to go to. So, getting ready for all that. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm liking it. It's, it's interesting to be involved and in part of you know, something that's been around for that long and, and it's international. So I can go anywhere in the world. There's a rotary group and just pop in and say, Hey, (laughs) is there a rotary handshake? Kind of like the Shriners and Masons (laughs) and all that stuff have. No, (laughs) no, it's not a secret organization or anything like that. I mean, it's their motto is service above self. And so it's a organization that does a lot of, I mean, and it's not just, Things that you're doing internationally. I mean, they do a lot of stuff locally. They they um, supply dictionaries to third graders in some of the schools um, because I don't know if you know this or not, but they actually plan the prison system 20 years out based on the reading level of third graders because it's proven if you're if you can't read by the third grade, your chances of being in the prison system are astronomical. What? So that yeah, so they use that as a measurement. Yep, that's right. So illiteracy by the third grade is a big factor in whether or not you're going to end up in prison. Wow. Yeah. So that's why a lot of groups like Rotary and there's others focus on literacy programs for really young children. I did not know that. Yeah, it's it's very very important that uh, kids know how to read and uh, and early as well. Huh. So, very interesting, David. Yep. But I'm sure there's somebody listening that knows more about that than I do. And if you do, I'd love to hear from you. I'd like to hear your side of it. What do you What do you see? And I'm sure there's educators in here that are probably shaking their head. Like, yep, he's, he's right. Uh, and maybe other ones are saying, nope, he's not. But whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> shoot us an email. Let me know. I think it's an interesting fact. Um, I also think it's one of those things that's avoidable. You know, if everybody does their part. And uh, it's it's a very avoidable thing. It's sad to think that. Yep. It is. It is. And when you consider the amount of resources that go into that, um, and they're and their kids that are, you know, in the third grade or second grade, first grade, they don't have any books at all at home. And there's this I think there's this prevailing thought that everybody's on the internet. Everybody has access to the internet. Everybody and that's has not a, true. No, it's not true. 
And you know, there's a lot of kids that don't have that. They don't even have necessarily have um, food that that they can have at home. I mean, I know a lot of these school programs they um, they feed a lot of kids, and and they are afraid to shut schools down, like on a Friday when it's snowing or something like that. They're afraid to shut these schools down because they know these kids are not going to get another meal until Monday. Yeah, that's why um, I know a lot of churches do backpack lunches. Mm-hmm. And they send the kids home on the weekend with so many meals. And also, I think during the summer, the school does something, our local school does something to provide lunches and breakfast for the kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's that's part of what we're in. And uh, even though Nacho Kids as an organization uh, can't join Rotary, we still participate in that um, so that, you know, through Nacho Kids, we're able to give back to the community and, and give back locally and internationally and, and partner with bunches of other people that are making, making changes and a positive impact. They did ask me to join. Yep. <laughs> they did. I said, no way, Jose. <laughs> he said, David's doing enough. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to be around David that much. <laughs> I'm trying to look up something that I saw the other day. And I can't find it. I know I did a screenshot of it, but I take way too many screenshots. But it was about these rats that were put into glasses of water. And I don't know, just say they survived. And again, I don't have it in front of me, so I'm probably off with my numbers. But 45 minutes, right? So they treaded water or swam or whatever they did for 45 minutes. And they were taken out by the scientist or whoever, right at the brink of death, right? Okay. They take them out. Then they would put the rats back into the glasses of water. Okay. Guess how long they swam the second time. Um, now, just, just say I was right with my number, 45 minutes the first time. An hour and a half. 60 hours. Good grief. Because they had that mentality. Rats, y'all, thought that somebody was eventually going to save them. So it's the power of having hope. Yes. Interesting. Very interesting. Yes. I hate that. I can't find where I got that from. I know I forwarded myself the article, but of course I got it on Facebook. If you Google uh, drowning rats psychology experiment, you'll find it. Okay. There you go. (laughs) It reminded me of that thing you told us about with horses. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Draft horses. Yeah. Do you remember how much weight it was and stuff like that? Um, I can find it. By the way, though, the rat experiment happened in the 1950s. <laughs> so they might could have swim longer today. <laughs> they might. No, I'm not finding it right off, but I want to think it's like one draft horse can pull like 8,000 pounds, for example. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was, but that sounds about right. Um, but two draft horses in tandem can pull like 24,000 pounds. And you would think it would only be 16. Right. Yep. And then, of course, the more they add, it just it grows exponentially, and and it just goes to show that when when people are, or even animals, but specifically when people are working together, common goal, pulling the same weight in the same direction, and all that, you can do a whole lot more uh, than you can individually. I found it. Oh, good. What is it? The Germans used Belgian draft horses to pull concrete materials and supplies. These amazingly strong animals can pull 8,000 pounds. The interesting fact is when two horses pull a load together, they don't just pull 16,000 pounds combined. The team can pull 22,000 pounds. I was almost exactly right. You were. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah. But isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Like when you, when you, everybody's pulling their weight and in the same direction, you can do almost as much as three horses. Right. Wow. Imagine that, people. There's a lot to be learned there. There is. And the other thing is that most people aren't really either one, they're not pulling their weight, or two, they're pulling in the wrong direction. And and it's I think it's so important and probably a fact that a lot of families miss the importance of really understanding where do you want to go as a family. You know, how often do you hear about families who sit down and say, Let's talk about what our goals are for this year? Or what do we want to accomplish this year or this month or whatever, this quarter? It, you know, we we kind of do that in business, in the business world, but how many people do it in the family world when 
technically your family kind of does run like a business. You have income coming in, you have expenses, you know, you can't spend more than you make. Uh, you have a product that you're trying to put out. And, you know, sometimes the product is kids <laughs> that you're, you know, you're trying to train up and let them out into the world. Uh, there's things you're participating in outside of the family that, uh, that are, that are there. And there's, there's just a lot of similarities between that, but, you know, sitting down and saying, you know, what do we want our family to look like? What do we want our marriage to look like? How do we get there? You know, begin with the end in mind and then mm-hmm. move in that direction. Because I don't care how fast you go, if you're going in the wrong direction, <laughs> you're not going to get in there. And if you have the mentality of you're wanting to go in different directions, that doesn't mean you need to run out and get divorced. <laughs> well, I think you have top line goals. Like, you know, your goal as a family, I would think, is to be happy, right? Right. Which- see, I'm, But I'm thinking that people will say, well, my husband wants us to be a nuclear family. I see that we can't do that. So we just need to get divorced. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, but that's where defining those clear goals are. And it can't be, it can't be something that's too abstract. And, uh, and I was, that's why I was bringing up the whole happy thing because that can be an abstract goal. Just like, you know, we want to be, we want to be just like a nuclear family. That's kind of abstract. Like how do you measure that? Um, same thing with happy. You know, you can, I guess you can measure that by just going around asking people, are you happy? Do you, how do you feel about things? But it's still not, it's still a very hard to measure goal. You do want everybody to be happy, but that's, you have to attain that by having other things happen. So you, you're lowering people's stress and you're, and you're doing other things that in turn creates that atmosphere for that to happen. Um, it's it's a hard exercise. You know, we're talking about this just in the opening of a podcast, but this is something that you can literally take an entire weekend, hours and hours and hours to sit down and really, really think through these things. So it's not an easy exercise and probably why a lot of people don't do it. And it's important that your kids and stepkids, bio kids, witness you do these things mm-hmm. because life doesn't just happen. You have to have goals and you have to have you have to have a purpose. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I don't I'm not big on resolutions, new year's resolutions. I am big on goals. And I was I was reading a book recently and one of the things that said in there was if you don't set goals for yourself, then you're you're just running around helping other people achieve their goals. Yes. So David, don't set any goals for yourself so you can help me achieve mine. <laughs> what do you think about that? Um, I think that your goals often are my goals. Yeah. And so we're, we're moving in the same direction. Oh, good. I like that. All right. Quit talking to me. All right. Who's our guest for today? Before I forget. Oh, star winner. Yeah. The winner of the Linda Dunham Nacho Kids Academy Scholarship this week is (laughs) Courtney D. Courtney Courtney D. D. Courtney I know, D. I know Courtney D. No, you don't know Courtney D. I do. She's an employee of mine. Oh, gosh. Probably a different Courtney D. Yeah. <laughs> Yours doesn't have kids, and neither does her husband, so un- unless they're fighting over cats. That's a possibility. So, Courtney D., check your email, and we will get you started in the Nacho Kids Academy, courtesy of Linda Dunham. That's right. All right. <laughs> it's David with the that's right. <laughs> that's right. Our guest today is Janasia. Janasia has been blending for five years, four years since the stepson has been there. Stepson is eight, has no contact with Biomom, and the hardest part of her blending is learning where her place is in a blended family, especially since she doesn't have children of her own. Mm, yep. Her best advice, do not take anything personally. Mm, that's, that's great advice. But you know, when we go to the drive through somewhere and the person's kind of snotty, Mm-hmm. We get offended. We take it personally. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with us. That nope. person could, one, be having a very bad day. Mm-hmm. Two, hate their job, mm-hmm. which is making them have a bad day. Mm-hmm. Or three, they just might be hateful. It ain't got nothing to do with you. Yeah. All the above sometimes. It ain't about you, people. Well, you came home the other day. And Uh-oh. <laughs> this is how... 
You know, I'm, I'm sitting back when you say these things, you're telling me these stories, and I'm like, wow, you know, just how far you and I have come, not just as a family or as a couple, but even individually. You know, you hear people talk about emotional intelligence and all that. But anyway, you were telling the story, and you said that some lady at the store, you know, was snappy with you, and, you know, she must be, ha- and your comment was, she must have been having a bad day. And, um, you know, and I think you might have said something to her like, you know, are you having a bad day? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sitting there going, wow. Because I think the, you know, the Lori of 15 years ago would have been, you know, like, like, turn around, I'll slap you upside your head. You talk to me <laughs> that way. Yeah. She, um, you could tell she was having a bad day. Well, I'm standing there talking to Jackson and she's talking to somebody else. Somebody's in front of her desk. Mm-hmm. So I guess she said, excuse me, or something like that. And I didn't hear her. So she was like, excuse me. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that she was talking to me. Mm-hmm. So then the guy that she was talking to went in the back, and um, I said, are you having a bad day? And um, she said, I am. <laughs> and I said, can I give you a hug? And she said, you sure can. And I gave her a hug, and she's like, it's just been a heck of a morning, and starts you know, telling me some stuff. And then she said, and I hadn't even had my tea. Yeah. And you know, you you had two options there. You could have... You could have mirrored or parroted what she was giving you, Mm -hmm. which would have pissed both of you off, Mm -hmm. and both of you could have had a a worse day, or you could have did did what you did, and when you leave there, you probably feel good about it. You know, you're like, oh, great. You know, no bad interaction at all. You completely cut the bad interaction out. She's probably going, wow, I don't know who that lady was, but she's phenomenal. You know, in the next... Next time you see her somewhere, she's going to remember you. Yeah. I actually had to go back a couple of days later, and I walked in. She's like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. I mean, you've got somebody for for life that you've deposited a positive emotional experience with, and, and she will not forget that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because I know a lot of people that would jump to, I'm calling her boss and tell him that she was rude. Mm-hmm. She could have lost her job mm-hmm. if somebody did that. So all that being said, it's not that I'm this great individual or anything like that, but be sensitive to other people and realize sometimes people are just having a crappy day. And when I said, can I give you a hug? She could have said, heck no, you ain't hugging me. And I'd have been like, all right. I'd have been like, come here, baby. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would have been that way with you. I'm like, come here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? She could have not been open to that. Some people aren't huggers. What's funny is I am, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. It's almost like I have to feel it. I don't just hug everybody. Like I hugged your mama last night and Angie about fell on the floor. I know. I was trying to get your attention and be like, David, look, I'm hugging your mama. (laughs) Because I called dibs on some salt and pepper shakers and she gave them to me already. I know. Y'all, I'll make this quick. We have this joke that when we see something that David's parents have that we like, we call dibs. And that means I want that when you die. <laughs> so we'll go through and I'll see something or like at Christmas when we're opening presents. I'll be like, dibs. <laughs> and we all just call dibs on stuff. Yep. And so I saw these salt and pepper shakers and I was like, oh, dibs. And She's like, I've had those forever or whatever. She hands them to me. I'm like, no, that's not how dibs works. You don't give them to me now. She said, well, I'm not dying now. I'm like, I know that. That's why you can't give them to me. So anyway, I felt compelled to hug your mom. Yes, it was kind of awkward, especially when your sister's in the background acting like she's choking and dying. <laughs> and But it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, what you're talking about there. Um, more so with the lady who was having a bad day, it's just practicing empathy. If people would do more of practicing empathy, you would be amazed at how you interact with people and the response that you get from those people. Well, you know what? I'm I'm an empath, no mm, doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Think about this. By responding to her the way I did, it could have helped me, since I, since I am an empath, to not carry her frustration with me when I left. Mm-hmm. 
Boom yow. Well, I'm telling you, if you would have responded to her the same way she re- was treating you, you would have been mad the rest of the day. And then when you went back, whatever, three days later, whenever it was, as soon as you walked in the door, you'd already been like, all right, she says one thing to me, I'm going to light into her. Yep. I mean, how long would you hold on to that negative interaction that you had in the feeling that she caused? Well, honestly, pre-nacho, yes, I probably would have held on to it for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. But since I've learned a nacho, if that interaction didn't go well, I would have nachoed it. Meaning I would have given it as five minutes of making me mad and then be done about it. But when I went back in, yes, I would have had my wall up and ready. Mm-hmm. Very Man. good, David. We dropped some knowledge bombs on this one. Watch out, folks. All right, we better stop now. All right, well, let's get to the to the podcast. So here we go. But first, here's a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. If you want to learn about all this cool stuff we're talking about to improve your life. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today, we have stepmom, Janasia. Hey, Janasia, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So tell us a little bit about your blend. Okay, so me and my boyfriend, we've been living together for the last five years. And for those years, his son came to live with us. So it's been a little difficult, especially the first two years, because especially since I don't have any children of my own. So I was just trying to figure out like where my place is as like a stepmom, a girlfriend in the family period. So it's mm-hmm. that's that's where it's been the last couple, well, not the last couple of years, but the definitely the beginning of the years. So the first year y'all were together, mm-hmm. stepson was, I guess, back and forth between by a mom and your boyfriend? No. So the first year we were together, bio mom did not let my boyfriend see his son. So it's one of those kind of situations. Okay. Yeah. She, she wouldn't let him. She, even though they have shared custody, it's legal. It's, it's, it's been sent to the court. Like they have shared custody, but she just wouldn't do it. And, and if like he wanted to see him or she said that he could see him, she would require him to buy something for her first or, him to do something for her first in order to see him even for like 30 minutes, like not even just like a whole day. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Okay. So we know that's crazy, but apparently the tables turned a little bit. Yes. So my stepson is eight now. And at the time he was getting ready to go to kindergarten. Mm -hmm. So the bio mom, she's been very neglectful to the kid. I mean, when he got to me, it was so many things wrong that it was just, it was so hard. It was heartbreaking to even see him like that. It was, it was terrible. So she wasn't able to get him into school. So that's how we were able to get him and able to put him in school near our house. That's how that all started. Yeah. Because of the school. Because I think after five, you don't have the child in school. You can like get in trouble or go to jail or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Why, was, why wasn't she able to get him in school? She just, she just didn't care. She just didn't care. Oh, there you go. Mom of the year there. Right. Yeah. She did not care. So now y'all have him full time. Yes. Full time. 365. She doesn't see him at all. No. And actually just until like recently, she's, She's trying to do it like in a backdoor way. It's not because she actually wants to see her son. It's because I think of other things like she's, I don't know if she's going to go to court or anything like that, but I think she's trying to make it seem as though she is in her her son's life. And that's caused a little issue between us, like with the family and everything like that. So my boyfriend has took steps to get full custody, but she doesn't know that. So we're in the process of doing that so that we don't have these issues with her because he hasn't done that this whole entire time. So you get stepson. Mm-hmm. 
and she just disappears. She it sounds crazy, but yes, she literally just disappears. And it was so weird for me because he's such a sweet boy. So I could I mean, I don't have any children of my own, but I can only imagine, you know, leaving my son with somebody, even their dad, leaving my son with someone and not talking to them or seeing them or knowing what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people would have trouble with that with pets. Exactly. I used to have a a fish in college. I had a, a beta fish. And every time we like had a break, I would take my pack my beta fish up and take him home with me, even though it's just a fish. And I know he could live like two weeks without getting fed, but I would take my beta fish like and that's a fish. Yeah. So imagine a child. No, nothing. OK, there's so much to unpack here. Mm-hmm. Did Stepson say anything like, where's my mom? Why hasn't my no. mom called me? So with that, it's like a movie, actually. So when he got to me, he was not even like really speaking, to be honest. Like it, she neglected him to like the core. Oh, gosh. Like, he, he didn't speak. And then I would ask him like his name. He wouldn't say it back to me. I did a lot of work trying to get him to say like simple things. The only thing he would say to me is like, huh, huh, huh. That's all he would say for the longest. And I thought like I was looking stuff up. I'm like, is he autistic? Like, what is the issue? But it was just pure neglect, pure neglect. Oh, that breaks my heart. He even was in like a diaper and he's four. Wow. Four years old. Yeah. It was tragic. Tragic. So needless to say, he's doing great now, right? He's doing amazing. Like I have him in everything. He has friends. He's talking excellent. He's doing so good now. He's doing so good. And he's doing good in school. He's doing good in school. Yeah. Kindergarten was was really rough. They kind of wanted to keep him behind, but his dad didn't like that. So they they let him go. But he's doing good now. I really work with him. And um, I also have him in tutoring as well, too, to like help try to, you know, get him up to speed. Mm-hmm. Does Bio Mom have any other kids? She doesn't. He, he's her. He's her only son. Well, thank God. I know. Right. <laughs> I know people struggle and I know people have issues. So I'm not trying to say that people don't go through spells where they struggle taking care of their kids. But right. I mean, you've had him four years. Four years. And and I completely understand that too. My profession is in mental health. So I'm a caseworker for mental health uh, clients who uh, struggle with drug addiction and like criminal stuff. So I understand, you know, people go through things and people are not at the right space and sometimes they need a break. I totally get that. But four years of little to no contact and then she's still living her life. She's still living her life. It's not like she's in a hospital or she's sick or anything like that. She's still doing her own thing. So she's not a drug addict. Nope. Is she bipolar or anything that y'all know of like that? Well, I don't know per se, but I mean, just by off of, you know, what I know and what she showed me, she could be a little bit bipolar, but I don't know. I've only really talked to her probably once this whole entire time. And that's not even like on the phone. Like she sent me a message and that was it. Right. So your boyfriend's trying to get full custody. Correct. I don't see why he wouldn't get full custody, but you know, I'm not a fan of the family court system. Oh my gosh. It's horrible. It It is. is. Really, we could do a podcast every single day on how crappy the family court system is. I agree. And I was just telling someone like, I wish we could reform that because it's so catered. It's it's like, it's hard for, especially for the guys to go and get custody because, you know, we're conditioned to think like the mom is the nurture, which most more and more in more cases than not, they are, but we're conditioned to think that all moms are nurturers, all moms take care of their kids. And that's not the case. Like, Mm -hmm. Just because she's the mom doesn't mean she's taking care of her of her child. Right. And on the other side of that, just because somebody's the biological dad doesn't mean they should automatically get 50-50. 
Exactly. That too. That too. It is. It doesn't make sense. No, like, at all. If they would take the legalese crap out of the family mm-hmm. court system and mm-hmm. let the judge sit down with each parent for thirty mm-hmm. minutes, yep, they would be able to know that person in thirty minutes enough to make a more informed decision than all this court crap, these temporary hearings, these, you know, evidentiary hearings, all this stuff where they're trying to learn who you are through an attorney Mm -hmm. that is getting paid to represent Mm -hmm. you. And they may or may not be worth a crap. Right. Because they all, they all go to the back and talk. I mean, like I said, in in my job, I work with the court system. So I would usually be in staffings like for my client and they all sit down there and talk and they just figure out what's the best thing for their client and what's the best thing for their client. Like everybody's friends. Nobody is against each other. So it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Like you have somebody, the prosecutor and the defense sitting there talking, laughing, eating cupcakes. Like, right. You know, (laughs) it's weird. Yeah. And then you've got a judge up there that doesn't know anybody from a hill of beans other than the attorneys that they hang out with too. Exactly. Yep. And it depends on their mood that day. It does. I've seen it so many times in court. It does. Oh, it makes me sick. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, girl, I know a lot of people that want to revamp this family court system. So if we find a way to do it, then by golly, I'm we're going to try. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I am in because it's it's crazy. Again, I feel like you should be able to represent yourself and not have to pay a $5,000 retainer. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when the evidence is clear, like we've clearly had him for the last four years and it's a no brainer. We shouldn't even have to go to court for this. Like it's a no brainer. Right. It should just be, but you walk in there, you present your evidence, you know, on paper Mm -hmm. and in 15 minutes, he says, okay, you've had the kid the last four years. You've got full custody. And if mom wants to exercise visitation, these are the stipulations. Right. Exactly. Not saying completely cut mom off because she could change. Yeah, she could. And, and that was a struggle that I had like going in. Like I was, I think because he shared so much and seeing how bad the child was in, like how bad of a condition the child was in when he got to my house, I was just like, no, like, you know, he can never go back to her. Like, why would you do that? And I really had to step back and just take a look at things and just remove myself from the situation. That's how I found you guys, because I was like, I can't be the only one thinking like this. It has to be other people out here thinking the same thing as me, mm-hmm. because if I tried to talk to him about it, he wouldn't understand it. He just he would not understand it at all. Yeah. So and then the other part of that is if he didn't let him go back with the current court order, he could get locked up. Exactly. Or be held yeah. in contempt, whatever punishment that may or may not be. Yep. Yeah, it's it's really sad. I was going to ask you, mm. uh, you've talked about your stepson and how great he is. So I'm thinking, what are you not showing here, lady? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the, so like I said, my main issues, he's great. He's awesome. He, he even calls me mom. Like he calls me, he calls me that. He does that on his own. I didn't ask him. He decided to do that. And at first it was a little weird because, yeah. you know, I had those feelings. You know, I'm not your mom, but I don't want to tell him I'm not his mom, but I'm not your mom. Right. And after listening to your podcast, I found out that it's okay to say you're not someone's parent. Like you're not evil for saying that. I felt evil for doing that. Yeah. Because that's not my role. Like that's just not my role. Mm-hmm. And I struggled with that for the longest. Like I struggled with it. Like trying to discipline him or try to tell him things to do or try to step in the mom role. And then when things didn't go my way, I would get mad and just throw it up in the air and say, you know what? I forget it. I don't want to do anything. And mm-hmm. we will argue, you know, so that's where the struggle was. Yeah. It's hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. And knowing where to go with the family, you know, like with my family, even like my family didn't even know how to take it. Am I supposed to say this is my grand, like my parents, am I supposed to say this is my grandson? Like, you know, what are we supposed to do? Like they were kind of shocked about it too, because we're not married. So 
it was a little weird at first, for sure. Like nobody knew how to really take it. Well, I'll be honest with you. It's weird for Mm -hmm. me. David's Mm -hmm. oldest had a baby in November. Mm -hmm. Cutest little baby. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I love babies. Yes. He's precious. And I love his wife, um, Mm -hmm. Avery's wife, tremendously. But Mm -hmm. I still feel weird calling her my daughter-in-law. Yeah. She's not my daughter-in-law. She's my stepdaughter-in-law, I guess. And then the baby, I feel weird calling him my grandson. Yeah. I can't even refer to myself by the name we picked out because it feels weird. Yeah. And I I never realized that there's so many people that thinks that that think that way too. Yeah. Just, you know, they make it seem like you're evil or you're mean for not accepting that. But like that's the truth. It's how I, it's how you feel inside. Right. And not that I don't love Gideon. He is precious. I love him to death. Right. And, and I love Kay and Avery. But it's not the same as if it was my son having a baby. Yeah. Yep. And I hope that Gideon grows up and doesn't look at me as the step grandma. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe I won't feel so weird when he's a little bit older. But right now, it's just, I don't know, when I refer to it I, about it, I'll say, yeah, David's oldest had a son. Or yeah, I, I still don't say, yeah, we're grandparents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that makes yeah, sense to you, I know, I can tell. It make, Yeah, it, it does, because I don't even know how, like, I can say my stepson, but, like, technically, he's not my stepson, we're not married, he's not my son, I didn't birth him, you know, it's like, most of the time, I would refer to him as my boyfriend's son, but sometimes he'll look at me like, mommy, and I'm just like, oh my god, I don't, oh, I don't know, it's tough. Yeah, especially when you've got a little boy that is craving you as a mom. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I I think my situation is so unique because when I got him, he was not like other four-year-old boys. Like he didn't have that bond or relationship with his own mother. Mm -hmm. Like he came to me basically as a baby at four. Right. Not talking in a diaper, um, severely malnourished. Like he came to me like a baby. Yeah. So I'm the only thing he knows for and up, you know, as a mom. And you've helped him get better. Mm-hmm. And you love him. Mm-hmm. I do. Do you want kids of your own? I do. I do want kids of my own, but I have to be married first. That's just what I've said. That's the rule. <laughs> that's the rule. But yeah, I, I do want kids of my own. And we've talked about that too. So we're on the same page with that. It's just about actually getting engaged and getting things worked out. But first, I feel like getting his custody stuff together will definitely be its priority, in, in, yes. my, in my opinion. Yes. Getting that stuff together. Because it's been a nightmare. I am so proud of you for realizing that that is a priority. Thank you. It took a while, though. I wasn't able to do that at first. It, it really did. T- just listening to you guys podcast like I will listen to it like a day and night like in the daytime and then in the nighttime and then he'll like come home because he works night shifts so he'll come home in the morning time like what are you listening to are you listening to them again I'm like yeah I am (laughs) like I know you guys like personally but it helped I'm so glad it helped you yeah I really am I wonder when you do have a baby of your own Mm -hmm. how that's going to change your dynamics I, you know, I think about that too, because last weekend I have a sister who has two children. She had them young and I know she needs help. And we live in two different cities and I'll say, you know, she can bring them down here and they can stay for a couple of days and she can have time to herself because she needs it. They're like three and one. So they're young and Mm -hmm. she's young. So I know she needs the time. And they came and those are like, you know, kids that are a part of me, like with my, like my nieces, my bloodline, and they look like me. And my stepson, he would say, she looks like you or she, they do stuff like you and you look like her. And I'm just like, you know, yeah, that is true. And I think about like how it would be if I had my own children, like how I would treat them. Mm -hmm. I don't want to treat them any differently, but 
I can't say if I were to have my own children that at first I might treat them differently. Does that make sense? Like, yes. You know, yes. I don't want to sound crazy, but no, you, you don't sound crazy at all. You sound mm-hmm. like you've got a good head on your shoulders and you're realistic to what you will experience. Yeah. And I think about it so much. Like, how would I react if my child did this versus if my stepson did this? Like, and mm-hmm. will I be a little more lenient or, you know, will I let stuff go more? And I tried to base off like last week and I tried to base if someone, if one of the girls did something bad, I would base it off of, oh, they're just girls. Uh-huh. But was I really basing it off of them being girls or was I basing it off of them being a part of me? Like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's so funny because a lot of times I still notice that I react to things and I realize that I'm reacting differently than if it was my son, but I can't quite put my finger on why Mm -hmm. other than they are not my kids. Yeah. I I totally, I agree. I totally agree. And I, I don't even know if there's like a way to like, never like never not feel that way. Like, I don't even know if there's a way to even get rid of those feelings. Like those are just human feelings. Right. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I had a friend that posted something on Facebook recently and I thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing her little boy's six. I might be wrong. But anyway, she was telling him that, you know, the Bible says that your spouse comes first. Uh-huh. And he said, "Well, that's crazy. That's just some guy you had a crush on. I, you know, I lived inside of you." <laughs> yeah, it's and, true. Yeah, and you look <laughs> at it from a kid standpoint, and he's like, "Wait a minute, I should come first. I'm part right. of you, <laughs> right? We were connected for nine to ten months, right? And you know, when we've talked to my stepkids and my son." And said, how would you feel if, for instance, I loved the stepkids like I do my son? Mm. And my son's like, well, that would just seem wrong. Mm. And we asked the stepkids, you know, how would you feel if your dad loved Jackson just like he loves Mm y'all? And they're like, well, that would be like a diss against us. Oh, see, even the kids feel that. They get it. Yeah. They get it. They know. Yeah. And their kids, so they don't even, I mean, I'm I'm sure they're older, but you know what I mean? Like they don't have like the same pressures as, as adults, you know, like fully fledged adults to think about stuff like that. They know, like as, right. as the kids, they know. They're smart enough to know that, but yet adults are sitting here cussing each other out because you don't love your stepkid like your bio kid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's funny that you say that because I have, like I said, my friends, when this all happened, they were a little like iffy about it. And then they came around and realized how good of a kid he was. But I have another friend who recently just had a son. Well, kind of recently. He's one now. And um, she was never like the mom type. Like she never wanted to be a mom. She's very career oriented, like, like driven. She's all about her business, all about her money all about all that stuff, (laughs) but she ended up having a kid and now she's like, mommy, this, or as a mom. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. So every time she talks to me, she's like, well, um, you know, you're not a mom yet, but when you get up, when you become a mom, you'll understand. And I'm just like, girl, I've been raising this boy since he, for four years now. And you've had a one-year-old. So I think, you know, I might know a little bit more than you, but I just kind of like, you know, brush it off a little bit. But I don't think people really understand no. like, the connection. You haven't talked to Bio Mom before. Mm-mm. You mentioned that she's like sliding in the back way. Mm-hmm. What I was going on with that? So um, this tax season, <laughs> we were filing our taxes. <laughs> and I do his taxes for him. And I did the taxes and it came back reject it and I'm like "Mm, maybe you know I just put in the social security number wrong so I went back and did it again and it still did not work so 
I went to him and I'm like, did you try to file your taxes? Even though I already knew the answer, but I just wanted to be cool. He was like, no. I was like, well, it's saying that, you know, he's being claimed as on someone else's taxes. So that caused like a little rift. And I was like, you know what? You can go and do what you need to do. I'll figure out what I need to do as far as filing for you. So I figured out we had to send in a paper tax and then um, we'll have to send in like paperwork saying that he's been with us since 2018 and where he's living and that we provided, well, he provided for him. So I'm thinking because she filed him on her taxes as a dependent, she has to backtrack to make it look like she's involved. So that's what I'm thinking her motive is because she tried to do something like this um, in kindergarten, 2019. Uh-huh. She picked up my stepson from school during the school hours. And she took him to like social security to try to sign him up for disability. Oh my gosh. Yes, she did that. Yes. And the, they couldn't tell her no, even though the teachers knew the situation. They couldn't tell her no because she is like she has custody technically yeah you know so yeah and it was a big mess we had to get letters from the teacher it was it was horrible so she wouldn't do that again but now she's trying to do the same thing this time to like I think try to cover her tracks basically for the taxes that she's about to get so is this the first time that y'all were aware of that she tried to do this with the taxes yeah well this isn't the first time that she did that to him, but this is the first time that she's done that with me in the picture. So he's she's done that before previously, but this was before me. What does the court order say about claiming him on taxes? They have shared custody. She is technically the legal custodian, but they do have shared custody. Okay. I'm not for sure like what are the total details because he kind of left me out of that because at the beginning of the situation... I think I came on a little too strong. No. And yeah, I think I, I think I did. So because of that, he just doesn't talk to me about it anymore. So I'm I'm trying to stay cool and get back in the loop. But yeah, I kind of messed it up at the beginning. We all live and learn, girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As I look back, I'm like, what was I doing? Like, why can't I just calm down? He was telling me everything. Yeah. There's that saying that we teach people how to react to us. Right, right. And every time he said something, I would blow up. Or if she called, I would blow up. Like, mm-hmm. And it was just because I was frustrated by how she was treating her son. Like, that's what the frustration was about. Right. But, you know, he just, understandably, he didn't want to deal with it. I understand now. But at the time, I'm like, you're hiding something. What are you? What are you doing? But it's... It was just because I was blowing up, like doing yes. too much. He started keeping things from you because he just didn't want to deal with hearing you mad about it. Exactly. It, that is, that's what happened. So mm-hmm. I'm left in the dark <laughs> for most of the stuff. But now I think he sees that I'm a little more like I'm a lot more actually calm, calmer than I was before. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to get his trust back, regain that trust and just calm down so he can talk to me about whatever he needs to talk to me about. Because I definitely want to be on the same team. I don't want to be separate or, you know, we're yeah. on the same team. I want the best for his son just as much as he do as he does. Yeah, obviously you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've gotten this child that could have actually probably qualified for disability. Exactly. At the time that she took him, he could have. He actually would have because he wasn't talking. You would have thought that something was wrong. He was not. He wasn't talking at all, like at all. Right. And you have transformed this child. He's a he's literally a caterpillar to a butterfly now. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing so good. He's doing so good. So good. And he comes to me and he say. He says, you know, I love you and thank you. And it just warms my heart when I hear him say stuff like that, because I know despite all the issues going on with his mom, that I'm doing this for him. And right. it's he's actually appreciative of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm so glad that 
she didn't care enough to try to get him into school mm-hmm. because that's what changed his path for him. Yep, exactly. We got things rolling with the attorneys, so hopefully they can, you know, get some things going a little bit quicker. It sucks with COVID because everything is like slowed down and they have to contact this person, contact that person. So we're trying to get that together before she tries to do another stunt like she did in kindergarten. Yeah. The teacher even called me because we've been working. Luckily, his second grade teacher, she was a student teacher in in the kindergarten class, Uh but she came halfway like towards the end of kindergarten. So she wasn't aware of the beginning kindergarten mess that, that my stepson was in. So she didn't know about the mom and all the issues and her and her coming to pick him up during school hours to take him to these appointments. She didn't know. But she ended up moving to first grade as a first grade teacher. And now she's a second grade teacher. And I think she's going to go up to third. So she's been moving up with the class. So oh, he knows her very well. That and is great. It's awesome. I'm so glad that he has her because, you know, they got a good relationship. She knows how he is in class. Like she she knows. So it's it's working out really well. And she called me yesterday. Yeah, she called me yesterday. And she was like, I saw a name for the parent-teacher conference that I, did, I wasn't aware of. And I had to go to the office to verify who it was. And that was the mom's name. She didn't even know wow. what the mom's name was. Yeah. And the mom, she signed up for the conference right after me. Oh, it's goodness. my name. And then it's her name. Yeah. Right after me. Wow. And there's a million times she, slots she could have signed up for. It's from like 12 to 7. Signed <laughs> up right after me. Isn't that ironic? Right. But she signed up. Let's give her credit. Yep. She signed up. So the teacher was just trying to ask me, like, what should I say to her? What can I talk to her about? I'm like, just tell her, you know, how good he's doing in school. Keep it kind of, you know, simple. And I mean, you know, do your due diligence as a teacher, but she doesn't know anything about him. So I guess if she's trying to figure some things out about him, going to the teacher would be, I guess, a good start. I can't imagine being a teacher and being in the middle of this conflict. Yeah, I know. It su- it sucks to, to, to involve other people in your mess. I mean, it sucks to have that mess already, but it to involve the stu- like the teachers and stuff like that and daycare providers and doctors, like it's crazy. And you know the people in the office are like, man, they got a mess. Right, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or the doctor's office. You're like, I need to document that he was at his father's this weekend. Yeah. They're like, oh my gosh. They can be really rough too. I know one time he was sick and his dad, like I said, he works third shift. So he sleeps during the day. And the only time we could get him in was like a morning appointment. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you need to call to make sure like I could take him because, you know, with kids, you can't just take them anywhere. Like you have to be with the legal guardian or the parent. Right. And I'm like, you need to call to make sure like it's okay for me to take him because if not, we're going to get turned around. So he did call and made sure and gave me all the paperwork. But even when I got there, the lady was questioning me who I am and why is the mom not like really loud too. She's questioning me who I am and why is the mom not taking him? And I'm like, the the boy is right here. I would, I don't want to have to explain the situation to you in front of him so he can just what? You know what I mean? Like certain things you just don't talk about in front of the kids. And it's really none of their business. Exactly. As long as he's here on time to for his appointment and he has all his paperwork and his dad called ahead, I don't see what the problem is. Yeah, I don't get it. Let me ask you this. When mm-hmm. you and your boyfriend, you have this child all the time. Mm-hmm. Way too often do we see in especially Facebook groups and things where the step parents are, for lack of a better word, perturbed mm-hmm. that they don't get any alone time with their significant other. Yes, yes, yes. And and that's an issue too with us. My stepson is with us every single day. We go out to eat, he's there. We go to the store, he's there. If we want to go DoorDash, he's there. Like he's everywhere, every single time. Uh-huh. And that that can be a little hard. 
because, you know, I want I want alone time with him. And I'm sure he wants alone time just period for me and him. So, right. It's kind of tough that we don't have that, like, support, you know, from his mom and my family. I'm not so I'm not from the city I live in now. Uh I live in Cleveland. Um, I'm not from Cleveland, though. I'm about two hours away, like closer to Michigan is where I'm from. Okay. So my family is two hours away. So it's kind of hard for them to obviously get him, but they do, but not like every weekend or every other weekend. It's that's kind of like hard to do. Right. So that's the only relatives around. So um, my boyfriend's mom, she actually lives like five minutes away from us, but she's very like iffy too. So she's one of the moms where like, you know, oh, I love my grandson so much. He's like my world, but <laughs> he never comes over. And the only time he's allowed over is when she has other kids too. She has younger kids. I think one is like 19, 16, and 13. Only when the boys, the 16 and 13 year old are home is when he's allowed to come over because they can technically watch him. That's it. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. And how much older is your boyfriend? He is about 10 years older than the youngest. So he's going to okay. turn 30 this year. Wow. She's got a big age gap there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like 30, 19, 16, and 13. Goodness. But yeah, yeah. so she's one of those Facebook grandmas. Yes. Like um, my, my grandson is the world and I love you so much and blah, blah, blah. I remember one time he was sick. He had a cold. Which a lot of kids get cold, especially grade school kids, because they're around by they're around so many germs. And she said that he can come over. And I'm like, you know, let your mom know that he has a cold because you know how she acts. He's like, okay, I'll let her know. So we let her know. And we took him over there literally five minutes later. She was like, Oh, he can't stay. He has a cold and I have to go to the store and he can't go to the store with a cold. I'm like, if he was here, he would still have to go to the store with us with the cold. So what is the difference between our house and your house and, and him having a cold? Right. Like she does stuff like that. I just like, I just, I prefer not to talk to her really. Yeah. That's kind of odd. Yeah. It's very odd. And then like, if I, if she does talk to me, she'll talk to me as if like, we're cool. Like we talk and I'm just looking at her like, mm, we, I don't even really like you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. You can nacho her. Right. Yeah. That's what I do. I'm just like, no, I, you're not my mom. I don't have to speak to you. I mean, I say hi and be respectful, but I don't have to hold a conversation with you. Yeah. And then sometimes she'll make like remark. Oh, well, Janaja doesn't like me or I know Janaja doesn't like me. And I'm like, in my head, like, no, I don't like you, but you don't have to say that. Like, just leave it where it is. Mm-hmm. Just. It is what it is. And you would think with her being five minutes down the road that your boyfriend would be able to call her. Exactly. And say, hey, can you watch Sun tonight so mm-hmm. we can go out to eat? Yeah. And he can't unless the boys are there. And even still, that's a little iffy. If he does go over there, it's literally for like six hours or 12 hours. He'll go over there maybe like at night. And he's back home at eight o'clock the next morning. I'm like, what's the, he just went to sleep. <laughs> Literally just went to sleep and then came back home. Yep. So, so, so what was the point? <laughs> right. Yeah. He could have stayed home at that point. And so grandma could say, oh, my grandson spent the night with me. Yeah, exactly. And it's weird because my steps, he loves his grandma. Like he always talks about her. So I have to keep like a neutral face, but in my head, I'm just like rolling my eyes all the way back. Uh-huh. He's like, my grandma, my grandma, my grandma. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's cool. And, but I know the real grandma. He doesn't understand that part. Oh yeah. And he will never understand that part. Mm-mm. Yeah. She's always going to be like his grandma, the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Now, what about by a mom's mom? I don't even know her. I've never even met her. I don't know anything about her. She's never called. Wow. Yeah. I don't know anything about her. I know she's living. I just don't know anything about her. Yeah. Because I know a lot of times in situations where maybe the bio mom's absent for whatever reason, 
the bio mom's parents will still be involved. Nope, she's not involved. But I think because the bio mom and her mom, they don't have a good relationship. Yeah. They don't have a good relationship at all. So I think that might have a little bit to do with it, but I've never seen her or talked to her or, or anything. Yeah. And it's weird because I actually looked her up not too long ago. I know her name. I looked her up and she made like a birthday shout out for my stepson. And I'm like, a birthday shout out? Like she hasn't, <laughs> I don't even know this lady. <laughs> and it's like, my great, my son, my grandson is turning eight. It was really long and so many people liked it and loved it. And so you have a beautiful family. I'm like, what? Like, what? And, and as far as you know, she hasn't seen him in four years. No. Mm-mm. That's insane. Because he's with, he's with me 24 seven. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. she feels like she can't reach out. Y'all. It would be overstepping <laughs> or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Maybe she, she might, she, I don't know. She might feel that way. Yeah, there's but no I talent. feel like if, if it was my grandson, I would try to, you know, at least like try to call or something, you know, yeah. I don't know. Call and say, hey, can I come see little Johnny? Right, exactly. Something. Or can I send him like a card or some money or here's something for some clothes? Something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I am so glad that that little boy has you in his life. Thank you. Thank you. You have definitely been a blessing to him. Thank you. It, it took, it really took a lot of work to get where I am right now with my thinking. And I have to thank you guys because I listen to you all day, all night. And I appreciate all the information that you guys have given me just through the podcast. It's been amazing. It truly opened my eyes up to like a better understanding of being a step parent and being in a blended family guy. Like, I had no idea about being in a step. Like my parents are together. Like I didn't grow up that way. So I didn't know, but I do. I guess I kind of did because my grandfather is not my biological grandfather. Mm-hmm. But I think the grandparents are a little bit different. Yeah. So that's why I'm not counting that. But my parents were my parents. You know, I didn't, I didn't have any other parents raising me. So. Right. And you weren't torn between homes and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. So I didn't grow up with any of that so a blended family was like I didn't understand it I am so glad that you got help from our podcast yes I really did you were doing great girl thank you thank you and continue to do what you're what you guys are doing on the podcast and with the Nacho Academy it's amazing I did join the Facebook group but I haven't gotten into the academy yet I will I will hope that like one day my boyfriend gets on board so he can see, I think he doesn't understand what it truly is. So I think that's why he's so resistant towards it. But uh-huh. hopefully one day he'll get on the bandwagon and see like what it really is. Yeah. Because I mean, you're doing so much for your stepson. It's not mm-hmm. like a lot of situations where the stepmom has to step back completely. Right. And if you ever do join the Academy, there's a for men's only course that mm. your boyfriend could watch. Yeah, I think that would be beneficial to him and it'll help him realize a little bit how I feel. I mean, I'm sure he he won't be able to understand, but he could kind of realize, you know, what I've been going through and how I think about things. Mm-hmm. And if I say things that might sound offensive, is not offensive because that's just human nature. Right. Exactly especially if y'all go to have a kid of your own. Right. Yeah. Because he's going to need to understand your viewpoint. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you for having me. This is my first podcast. I hope I did good. (laughs) You did great. You did great. And we'd love to have you back in a couple of years and see how things are going. I would love to be back. All right. That sounds great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. One thing that Janasia and I discuss is taxes. And it is tax season, folks. Mm-hmm. The joy of going to file your taxes and the ex claim that youngin. Oh, gosh. Woo. Yeah, been there and done that one. I have to say, I have never had to deal with that personally. 
You I have. have. I have. Not only has my ex done it, but some random stranger did it. <laughs> Might have been the ex's boyfriend. <laughs> I don't know who it was, but I remember going to... No, it was, it, I don't know that it was me. I think it was the year that the ex was to claim one of the kids, and somebody else had already done it, because she called me wanting to know if I did it, because she was you know, ready to give me the third degree, and I was like, no, it wasn't me. I hadn't filed my taxes yet. Anyway, come to find out, some somebody, some scammer person did it, but they had to go through a whole lot to have that, you know, reversed and put on her taxes and all that. I mean, it took months. I was like, golly. That is another reason it is important to have in your court papers what year the child is claimed by whom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, otherwise, it's the first person that makes it <laughs> into the system. And if it's in your court papers, it makes it easier. And when I say have it in your court papers, I don't mean where it says alternating years. <laughs> yeah. I mean where it says starting year, blah, blah. Yeah. Dad will claim child. The following year, mom will claim child. The next year, dad will, and so on and so forth. You have to be specific. If not, this can get drawn out for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just know that even if it's in the court papers in your um, other person files, you still then have to fight them in court about it. Yeah, you would have to file a copy of your court papers with the tax place. Mm -hmm. And then you would have to fight with them in court to hold them in contempt if you chose to go that route. Yeah, either way, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. All right, David, we talked a really long time in the beginning, so I'm done. All right, let's wrap it up then. Thanks for listening, folks, and uh, join us again next week. Oh, and leave us a review. We haven't asked for those in a while. So wherever you listen to podcasts, leave us a review because you know, it's all over the place now. Spotify does reviews. Apple Podcasts does reviews. So wherever you leave a review, we definitely appreciate it. It does help people to find the podcast and see what value other people are getting from it so that they can do the same. It's, it's your chance to help others. So there you go. So do it. <laughs> All right. And remember for Lori and myself, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.